why on earth would Amazon ban this book? It's time for The Line of Fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown, your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Michael Brown is the director of the Coalition of Conscience and president of Fire School of Ministry. Get into The Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. That's 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Uh, Molly Hemingway called it digital book burning. You know, the Nazis and other oppressive regimes in the past burned books, books that were considered objectionable, books that were looked at as a threat to their system, books that they deemed to be unsuitable. Horrific practice. You wouldn't think you'd see it in America, but in a sense, it's happening at least on digital platforms. I'll explain what we're talking about in a moment, why it's important to you. Welcome to the broadcast, Michael Brown. Delighted to be with you, serving as your voice of moral sanity and spiritual clarity in the midst of a society in chaos and a church all too often in compromise. Here's the number to call, 866-34-TRUTH, 866-348-7884. If you wanted to call in regarding what we talked about yesterday, latest conspiracy theory that we're debunking as we seek to move on from the elections, and move on to what God is calling us to do here and now, 866-34-TRUTH. You can weigh in on our subject for today as well. Bottom of the hour, we'll be joined by Jeff Johnston from Focus on the Family. Talking about your kids in school, some important things that you need to know. It will be a helpful, equipping time. Before I talk about the latest book that Amazon has purged, canceled, banished, banned, before we talk about that, just want to comment briefly on the Supreme Court decision not to hear the Pennsylvania case or other cases dealing with alleged election fraud or violation of state rules and things like that. And uh, there's a discussion about this. Just want to play this for you from the news. And then, then I'll give you my comments on it and we'll move on. Let's listen together. Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas issuing a big warning today about the future of U.S. elections. Justice Thomas dissenting as the high court ruled 6-3 to not to review two Pennsylvania presidential election cases. Thomas argued the court should look at the cases to resolve whether non-legislators like election officials or courts have any power to set election rules like easing mail-in voting restrictions. Writing these cases provide us with an ideal opportunity to address just what authority non-legislative officials have to set election rules and to do so well before the next election cycle. The refusal to do so is inexplicable. Now, Thomas says it's fortunate that election rulings by Pennsylvania Supreme Court did not involve enough ballots to affect the outcome of the 2020 election. But he argued changes to mail-in voting or other election rules right before an election make the voting process prone to fraud and mistrust, writing, we failed to settle this dispute before the election and thus provide clear rules. Now we again fail to provide clear rules for future elections. The decision to leave election law hidden beneath a shroud of doubt is baffling. By doing nothing, we invite further confusion and erosion of voter confidence. Our fellow citizens deserve better and expect more of us. Thomas's dissent comes as all House Democrats signed onto a new election reform bill today known as the For the People Act. Democrats say it would create national automatic registration 
expand early voting, and simplify voting by mail. Republicans argue it would undermine election integrity. The bill is set to be looked at in early March. So is Fox News primetime. Here, here are my comments on this. Number one, I agree with Justice Thomas that the Supreme Court missed an excellent opportunity. He was joined by Justices Alito and Gorsuch, who sided with him. Then John Roberts sided with the liberal justices, and Amy Coney Barrett said she did not have sufficient time to review that, so she officially sides with the other side. That's the way it comes out, basically, so 6-3. But I agree with Justice Thomas that this was a great opportunity to review this. I mean, why wouldn't the court do it? Uh, it, it, Look, if nothing happened, then put people's minds at rest. If things were done wrongly, then give us guidelines for the next election because a good percentage of the populace questions the integrity of the elections. So to me, the court missed a golden opportunity. That's on the one hand. On the other hand, please notice what Justice Thomas said, that there were not enough votes in dispute to have changed the Pennsylvania outcome. So in his view, even if things were done wrongly or local officials officials overstepped their bounds, what happened was not in any way going to actually affect who won the election. So that's another important thing to notice. Now, one other comment. Mike Lindell of MyPillow fame has been sued by Dominion Software, what is it, $1.3 billion, for allegedly defaming their company and claiming that there was widespread fraud through their voting machines. He has said he's really happy this has happened because this is going to force everything out in public. Everything is going to come to light. So may everything come to light. If there has been massive fraud, may it be exposed. If there has not been massive fraud, may it be put to rest. May everything come to light so that people may move on. Just had a discussion moments before radio about this. And I, I think folks are so entrenched on either side, either that the election was stolen or it wasn't. I don't know how many really want to hear factual analysis, but, but I trust many do. So let everything flush out, especially before the 2022 election, so that there can be voter confidence. Okay, one other thing, then we get to Amazon. So I, I had a number of people, quite a few, upset with me for bringing up the QAnon stuff and the March 4th date and Trump is allegedly going to be inaugurated on the date. Why am I dealing with it at all? And I'm dealing with it because a lot of people out there still hold to it. You'd be amazed at the people we're hearing from. In different parts of America and other nations, the people we're hearing from saying, yeah, we're dealing with this right in our own community. We're dealing with this right in our own church. We're dealing with this with leaders. Yeah, it's, it's out there, friends. It's a real problem. Plus, I felt the Lord lay it on my heart to address it. Therefore, did that very thing. But others are upset with me from a different angle. How dare you? Who gives you the right? Why are you speaking out about these things? And here, just to give you an idea of what we're dealing with, the level of deception that's out there, the level of people, they may be sincere, they may really think that they were standing for a good cause, but the amount of of deception that's out there, look at this tweet. I sent this out last night, tweeted it last night uh, uh, in terms of, the feedback I got. And uh, 
and it's it says this you know hang on i've just got to pull it up on a different screen because we just did a software update moments before i got on air today and there's something blocking my screen so i've got to go to another screen here here's here's what i tweeted for exposing the latest QAnon deception i was told that i'm a globalist puppet that i sound like the lying satanic world system and that i would have called for the crucifixion of jesus all the more reason to keep exposing these dangerous lies that have infiltrated the church. My whole burden and calling is, friends, let us move on. Let us put these conspiracy theories aside. Let us put questions in terms of who is president right now aside. There is one reality in terms of who is the president. And let us move forward with our task as followers of Jesus. Let us concentrate on what we can do. If you're still convinced there was electoral fraud, keep praying for God to bring things to light and get on with the business at hand, which is being a disciple and making disciples. Let's get on with that. One other thing I find really ironic. Uh, Oh, every so often I'll do this, not for my sake, but to find out the pulse of those who are listening, watching, reading what we put out. In other words, I know what God's called me to do, and I'm doing my best to honor him, if we have 10 people listening to us or 10 billion people, aren't 10 billion, 10 million people listening to us, either way, my goal is to honor the Lord and serve him. Just like if you're in ministry, you can't measure things by outward success or results. You have to measure things on obeying the Lord and seeing the good fruit that he brings. And that can come in many ways. It doesn't always come in big packages. So I'm not personally going through a crisis. Well, or do the people like what I'm saying? Are they happy with it? Am I? No, no my, my question is, Lord, am I honoring you? Am I pleasing you? Am I bringing glory to your name? Am I helping your people? And sometimes it's appreciated. Sometimes it's not. Well, so every so often, every few years, I've asked the question, not, not to determine my calling, but to see what's helping you and what's going on in your life. So it's just to, just to see how these things are impacting you. That's all. So I asked once last year, probably the last time I did it was last year. I said, would you prefer that I was just teaching the Bible, just going through scripture, teaching the Bible, or that I was giving biblically based commentary on political issues, cultural issues, things like that? What's helping you? I know my calling, but I just want to know from your viewpoint in terms of what you're looking for, what you need. Well, overwhelmingly, when I've asked this, I mean, overwhelmingly, almost embarrassingly. It's like, yikes, I didn't expect a response like this. Thousands of people. Dr. Brown, please keep it up. Dr. Brown, please keep addressing political cultural issues. Dr. Brown, please, it's important. Don't back down. Michael, don't stop. Please don't back down. I mean, overwhelming, literally to the point that I'm embarrassed. Like, I, I didn't ask to hear all that praise and positivity. I, I asked just to really know, in your life, is this needed? Or, or, or is... Do you find many others doing this as well? So what I find ironic is, is when I, I challenge the popular narrative of the moment, when I, when I challenge and the, the, or bring attention to the failed prophecies or challenge the, the QAnon conspiracy or, or help people to get their eyes off Trump and, and back on, on the Lord if they put too much emphasis on Trump. I find it ironic that some of the same people that were cheering me on, we need your political cultural commentary. You know what they're telling me now? Politics is not your thing, man. Stay in your lane. Just try to win the lost. 
you're out, you're out of your lane here. <laughs> so when I'm saying things that people like, I'm in my lane. When I'm in that same lane telling them things they don't like, I'm out of my lane. Hey, the good news is I'm going to do my best to honor the Lord. And, and, and I'm so blessed by those that send us encouraging words, not because it lifts me and our team up, but because we're meeting a need and we're helping. And you're saying, hey, that medicine you gave, maybe it didn't taste good, but it's, it's really helped, obviously, metaphorically speaking. But that also means sometimes we're going to serve some things up you don't like, but I've got to honor the Lord. I've got to do what's right in his sight. If I do that, I know ultimately, if you love the Lord, you'll end up thanking me also. Okay, we'll come back. Talk about the latest book, Banned by Amazon. It's The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown, your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks for joining us on The Line of Fire. 866-34-TRUTH is the number to call. Oh, roughly one hour from now, a little under one hour from now, 4.15 Eastern Time. So it's 3.18 Eastern Time, Eastern Time now. 4.15 Eastern Time, we'll be doing our weekly exclusive YouTube chat. So that'll be at Ask Dr. Brown, A-S-K-D-R Brown, 4.15, our exclusive weekly YouTube chat. Uh, we understand those watching on Facebook and YouTube are seeing a smiling face and moving lips, but no audio, which really does not help you, does it? But uh, God willing, we'll get that resolved during the broadcast, and if not, we will post with the audio, we will add it in later. And all of you listening on radio are like, hey, man, sound loud and clear here. All right. <clears throat> uh, July 5th, 2019, I posted an article titled, Will Amazon Ban the Bible Next? That was the title of the article. July 5th, 2019, Will Amazon Ban the Bible Next? And I posted that article because Amazon had removed the books of Dr. Joseph Nicolosi. Uh, critics will call him the, the father of conversion therapy because conversion therapy is a negative term to them. But Dr. Nicolosi, respected professional who really pioneered helping men with unwanted same-sex attraction. And if they could ban his books and the theology that undergirds that, Dr. Nicolosi was a Catholic, but his, his, his work was secular work. But... If they could ban his books, talking about change and effective methods of counseling and things like that, well, what about the Bible, which talks about the possibility of change, including for those who are same-sex attracted or men who have sex with men? What, what about that? <clears throat> so I addressed it, and I asked the question, after all, is the Bible that condemns same-sex relationship and the Bible that speaks of those who once practiced homosexuality but do so no more? These people today would be known as ex-gays, and it was Dr. Nicolosi's life work to help people with unwanted same-sex attraction. So I asked, why should Amazon ban his books, Nicolosi's books, but continue to sell the Bible, which provides the theological underpinnings for Dr. Nicolosi's scientific work? So since then, Amazon banned the, uh, the stories or books of other ex-gays, folks that I know, their books got banned by Amazon as well. But, but Amazon has now gone 
one step further. So please understand what this means. It doesn't matter if Jesus changed your life. It doesn't matter if you've been helped with professional counseling. If you want to tell your story, you're ex-gay, you're ex-trans, you want to tell your story, get it out for the world to hear, then Amazon may just ban you from getting your story out or practical things that helped in your life. Amazon may just ban you. That's how, that's how bad this is. Now, bear in mind that, that Amazon sells all kinds of crazy books. I was just did a search last night, LGBT, started to search some things, and different titles come up. I mean, I, I didn't look to see what the titles were about, obviously, but porn, LGBT porn books, whatever explicit, whatever the title seemed quite explicit, or underwear for cross-dressers. <clears throat> That's okay. But if you have a book talking about changing your own life from same-sex attraction, that's, that's forbidden. I mean, this is, really, this is really crazy and extreme, friends. All right. Ryan Anderson had a book, best-selling book. Uh, it debuted, I believe, number three in August of 2018 on Washington Post's bestsellers nonfiction list paperback, When Harry Became Sally. So it's addressing the transgender moment. It's based on solid scientific research, and raising serious questions about transgender activism, suddenly it's gone, disappeared. And, and Ryan Anderson tweeted this, I hope you've already bought your copy because Amazon just removed my book when Harry became Sally, responding to the transgender moment from their cyber shells. My four other books are still available. Just gone without explanation. You dare not cross the transgender activist line. And, and one, that President Biden is pushing very hard. God willing, tomorrow we'll have on the radio with us Matt Staver talking about the Equality Act. You don't, you don't want to miss this. Matt Staver from Liberty Council. You do not want to miss tomorrow's broadcast and, and the things that we'll discuss that you need to know here in America. Uh, Molly Hemingway from The Federalist, maybe you've seen her on conservative commentary on the news or just appearing on different news outlets. Look what Molly, Heming Molly Hemingway tweeted. Our tech overlords are engaged in a type of digital book burning for thoughtful and important works produced by their most effective political opponents. It's horrible for it to happen anywhere, but appalling that this is happening in this country. So writing a scientifically-based, well-researched book, raising concerns about transgender activism and the effects on hormones and surgery on children and things like that and minors, for doing that, you get banned on Amazon. I mean, Amazon, it still sells Hitler's Mein Kampf, for example. Come on, what is so dangerous about this book? except it tells the truth and exposes the error of some aggressive trans activist talking points. You say, well, I don't know, maybe Ryan Anderson's like some crazy bigoted guy, and maybe it's dangerous stuff. And Well, actually, if you read the book, you'd see it's not the case. If you ever heard him speak, you'd see it's, it's not the case. But here, let's, let's go to his author page just to find out a little bit about him on Amazon. Oh, let's start here. He's the president of the Ethics and Public Policy Center, and the founding editor of Public Discourse, the online journal of the Witherspoon Institute of Princeton, New Jersey. He earned his PhD in political philosophy from the University of Notre Dame, and his research has been cited by two Supreme Court justices in two Supreme Court cases. 
His work has been published by the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, Oxford University Press, Cambridge University Press, the Harvard Journal of Law and Public Policy, the Harvard Health Policy Review, the Georgetown Journal of Law and Public Policy, First Things, the Claremont Review of Books, and National Review. That's, that's just the beginning of his bio. <laughs> and yet Amazon has seen fit to ban his book. There was a book written in response, a book written in response to him. What was the title of this one? It was Kelly Novak, and it was called, oh, where is it? Let Harry Become Sally, Responding to the Anti-Transgender Moment. The, the book is, is so poor, according to reviewers, only got 27 total ratings, so hardly sold, all right? And, uh, yeah, so Barnes & Noble, they're still selling When Harry Became Sally. So if you don't have the book, get it at Barnes & Noble. Um, but the book responding to it, Kelly Novak, only 27 total ratings on Amazon, which is, is nothing for a major book. I mean, it's, it's nothing at all. Uh, 1.9 stars. So that, that's under, under two, obviously. And, and you know, five-star rating is, is the best. The vast majority of my books have a rating, say, between 4.5 and 4.8, some 4.9, because there'll always be critics and people don't like it. So even though I'm writing controversial stuff, overwhelmingly people are enjoying and appreciating the books. And there are plenty of books that have ratings higher than mine that are really, really appreciated. You, you get a book rated this poorly, you say, well, that's all the Christians come out to bash. Generally speaking, that's not how it works with a book that's written pro-LGBT talking points. There'll only be a flood of positive reviews, just de facto. And then those would be attacking, say, a book like mine, Can You Be Gay and Christian? Or attacking Ryan Anderson's When Harry Became Sally. In fact, when his book first came out, he had to get Amazon to purge a bunch of false reviews where people who hadn't read the book were just writing and attacking him and attacking it. So it's telling you something based on reviewers that the book is that bad. And in fact, one reviewer titled his review, The Loch Ness Monster is Better Researched Than This Book Is. Yet that book is there, and Ryan Anderson's is pulled. <clears throat> Look, friends, there's a reason we've been sounding the alarm. There's a reason we've been drawing attention to this since 2004. For those who think, well, you're just talking about it now, since 2004. Four, going on 17 years, sounding the alarm about the oppression, the attack on free speech, all of these issues, those who came out of the closet fighting in their mind for equality and freedom and for their relations to be recognized like anyone else's relations, many of those who came out of the closet want to put us in the closet. And it is an all-out attempt to silence dissenting views. Fact, reality, friends. Here, look at this uh, op-ed in the Wall Street Journal. It says this, Also on Monday, two congressional Democrats wrote a stern letter to CEO Jeff Bezos of Amazon's role in politics. If you took seriously the party's promises to defend democratic norms, you might expect democratic politicians would express concern about the world's third, third largest company by market capitalization trying to suppress a book on a contested political issue. But the letter is a demand for more ideological censorship. Quote, these are the Democrats, uh, Reps Anna Issue and Jerry McNearney. Forgive me for mispronunciation of names. Our country's public discourse is plagued by misinformation, 
disinformation, conspiracy theories, and lies. They, quote, claim that right-wing media is, quote, much more susceptible and demand to know why Amazon's Fire TV carries certain conservative programs. Letters also addressed to the CEOs of Apple, Google, and cable companies as part of a campaign to engineer a more pliant media through coercion of the corporations that distribute information. That point will be pressed in a Wednesday hearing on disinformation and extremism in the media in the House Energy and Commerce Committee. In other words... Right-wing views are more dangerous. Right-wing media is more prone to conspiratorial theories. Right-wing authors, right-wing broadcasters must have their views suppressed. Therefore, Amazon should not be carrying those points of view. Friends, this is dangerous. Uh, I'll talk about what we can do before the broadcast is up. First, we go to Jeff Johnston from Focus on the Family. The Line of Fire with your host, Dr. Michael Brown. Get into the Line of Fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on the Line of Fire. I'm about to speak with Jeff Johnston, cultural policy analyst with Focus on the Family. I had the joy of working side-by-side side with Jeff some years back at some Focus on the Family conferences. Before I speak with Jeff... If you are disturbed, as I am, with what Amazon is doing, purging certain books that it finds ideologically offensive or contrary to the latest LGBTQ talking points, now Ryan Anderson's When Harry Became Sally book, just shoot them a note. Shoot customer service a note, however you communicate with them, and ask them to please reinstate When Harry Became Sally. Just politely ask for that. You don't have to bash them, attack them. Simply request it. I've worked with Amazon closely for years because they, uh, they've been very author-friendly. They have had excellent customer service, great author pages. And as I've written over 40 books, I've learned certain things from publishers. And, for example, if Amazon's first weeks of sales are a certain thing, bookstores are more inclined to get copies of your book. Most people go there to check out books, so getting reviews posted there is very helpful. But obviously there's a certain point where to keep acting a certain way, you just have to walk away. Let's appeal to them to do the right thing and reinstate the book. Okay, uh, Jeff Johnston has been with Focus on the Family many, many years. He has his own great testimony, uh, raised in a Christian environment, but struggling in his own life with same-sex attraction and addictions, and then set free and transformed by the Lord, and doing a great job with Focus on the Family many years, married with kids, and there's so many school-related issues that come up and so many things happening with our kids, and we don't know how to handle them and what to do. And Focus on the Family has been a resource for decades. So I want to talk with Jeff about what's been going on school-wise and things that, that Focus has put together. So, uh, Jeff, great to, to have you on the air. It's been a long time since we've talked face-to-face. Hi, Dr. Brown. Yeah, it's, it's good to talk with you again. Yeah, everything going well with your family? It is going well. Um, got one boy in grad school. Seriously. Studying theoretical chemistry, whatever that is. Wow. And one at Hillsdale and one at Wheaton. Uh, how, how's the environment at Hillsdale? Um, it's wonderful. 
um, I mean, they're really solid with, um, you know, three or four stools that are three-legged stool there with economics and capitalism and history in the Constitution and then the emphasis on faith that they have there. Got it. Yeah, I've, I've heard so many great reports. And, and of course, it was, I think, uh, posted by some ma- major conservative talkers as well. So glad glad to hear that. And yeah, I'm I'm glad it's it's your guys studying theoretical chemistry, whatever it is, rather than rather than me. <laughs> so yeah, you you and me both. Yeah, ab- absolutely. All right, so you have a new resource focused on the family, back to school for parents. It's at dailycitizen.org. Dailycitizen.org. Please tell our listeners about this. Well, we've been concerned for a lot of years about what's happening in the education world, and sadly, it's not just one thing. It's um, curriculum that's been radicalized. It's school library books that are inappropriate for kids that have sexually explicit material and foul language and um, all kinds of things in the school libraries. Then there's kids who are um, given tablets and computers, and sometimes the um, protocols for their for those the safeguards don't work very well. Um, there's also plenty of stories about what's going on in sex ed. Um, children as young as kindergarten or even in California where they have what they call transitional kindergarten. It's a, a two-year kindergarten program. So four- and five- and six-year-olds being taught about um, gender identity, mm. that a boy could turn into a girl or a girl could turn into a boy. So we've been concerned about issues for a lot of years. And we get a lot of letters from constituents asking for help. Um, just a few weeks ago, we had a mom write. She said her 11-year-old daughter came home in tears and said, what's wrong with me? Why am I white? Um, and she was upset with, with, with what they were teaching her at school. And she said, what did I do wrong? And she was crying about it. So we get these letters from concerned parents as well. And about um, six, eight months ago, Family Policy Alliance, which was um, begun by Focus on the Family many years ago, they approached us about producing a resource for parents that would give guidance and advice for how to deal with these issues when they come up in the public schools. So we worked on this, and um, this is just a wonderful resource. It's called Back to School for Parents, and it's a free 120-some page downloadable PDF And parents can find information about all different kinds of areas, what's going on in the classroom, what's going on with um, sexual education, um, what's happening in health clinics and counseling offices and with nurses, uh, what's going on in locker rooms and and restrooms and, and sports. I know you've written some about that, and I'm sure you've talked about a lot of these issues. So it covers eight or nine different areas. And then in each area, we go on to give it guidance for parents. We say, okay, here are, here's what's happening in the schools in this arena, uh, why you should be concerned. And, and I'll be honest with you, um, even when I was proofreading this resource, even though I'd helped write it, it was really frightening to read about all the different things happening in schools. And so we give um, things to look out for and help parents understand what the law says, what their rights are, and what their children's rights are. And then we give them guidance about how to protect their children. So this is a great resource for parents who have children in public schools. So, so Jeff, let, let me ask this. 
If someone said, well, you're just cherry picking, you're, you're, you're pulling out an extreme here and there, this is not really common in our children's schools, otherwise we'd be hearing about it much more. What would you say to that? I, I don't think we're cherry picking at all. Um, what we're seeing is states are mandating at the state level that um, children need to be taught about LGBT issues throughout the social sciences and throughout their social science curriculum from kindergarten to 12th grade. Um, that movement started in California seven or eight years ago. It is spread here to Colorado. It's in um, states like New Jersey and Illinois. And these are, these are big states and textbook producers produce their textbooks for those states. So we're starting to see the textbooks rolling out that are teaching first graders about the contributions of LGBT individuals in history and in social studies and economics. Um, so it's being mandated from the very state level, from the, from the state legislatures. Uh, we're also see, seeing this happen um, on a district-wide basis as um, schools decide to teach sex ed or they d- decide to. Um, you know, some states have health clinics in lots of different schools, and the schools are getting guidance from the state level. If your child is struggling with transgender issues, don't, um, we're not going to tell you about it. The schools are given that advice from the state level that they shouldn't talk to parents when a child is struggling with these issues. So we're seeing over and over again these issues rising up, and it's happening at a, a national level. It's not just, you know out there in California or up there in Massachusetts. It's all across the nation that we're seeing these stories. Um, So I don't think we're cherry-picking at all. There are also many, many states that mandate sexual education that is um, based on materials often that are produced by groups like Planned Parenthood and the Human Rights Campaign and a group called... um, I think it's called Youth Responsibility. Their curriculum is called the three R's, uh, rights, respect, and responsibility. And they teach sexual education uh, with the idea in mind that sexuality and sexual pleasure is a human right, even for young children. Um, And they're teaching children how to give consent to sexual activities. And that's been mandated at state legislatures all across the nation. So this isn't just happening at individual schools. It's, it's in states all over the place. Yeah, and, and, and Jeff, as, as you're speaking to this, uh, I learned about many of these things decades ago from Focus on the Family and Alliance Defending Freedom. And then God began to burden me to study and look at these things beginning around 2004. And I remember, oh, it could be a decade or even more ago, I, I stood in front of the school board in Charlotte, North Carolina, in Mecklenburg County, and was warning about where the LGBT activist agenda was going and the impact it would have on, on kids and what was being taught in schools. And I, and I had in my hand, I had actual curricula that, that was being pushed by what was called GLSEN, the Gay, Lesbian, Straight Education Network, and that this was widely adapted in schools across America. And I, I held in my hand, I said, this is what's in this curriculum. I quoted things. And one school board member said, that is not happening. They, they scorned me like I was talking about some Martian that had come down to take over Earth or something like that. It, they, they were completely incredulous 
And yet it was the very thing happening in schools and the very thing that was going to be happening in, in local schools here. So a lot of people are just not aware. And on the one hand, there's the controversial nature of what's being put forward. On the other hand, it's like, who gave the school the right to teach that to your children? You're sending your kid there to learn to write, learn math and history and science and things like that. Instead, they're, they're teaching this kind of stuff. So, Jeff, how much of a difference can a parent actually make? You're talking about state legislatures and things like that. And we know school boards have influence. How much difference can a, a parent make? We've got about a minute and a half before the break. Then we'll continue on the other side. But take it from here. Well, one of the things we encourage in this resource is for parents not to try to tackle a whole school district by themselves, but to begin working with other parents. So um, there are groups building all across the nation. Um, Many of them are called Concerned Parents Groups, Concerned Parents of California, Concerned Parents of Washington State. Uh, Loudoun County, Virginia had a Concerned Parents Group, and they went to the school board and they actually read like you did they read uh um passages from library books that the school district had just purchased that was part of this diversity collection and it was outrageous these were things that you couldn't even say on television or radio but they were asked they were available in the library for children so we encourage parents first of all um, not to try to tackle these issues alone but begin to build a coalition of like-minded parents who um, care about children and care about these different issues. And I believe parents can make a difference. Yeah, and and Jeff, case in point, and you helped us with this, uh, I wrote to you for a friend of mine. Uh, He and his wife were mortified when their seven-year-old was told she had to watch a video and give a reaction to it. And it starts with a transgender, a a guy dressed as a girl, and and then openly gay guys, I mean, kind of flauntingly so. And they went and talked to the superintendent of school or the principal and the teacher. And he said, I didn't look at the video. I apologize. I didn't know that was on there. One little meeting made a difference. It's the line of fire with your host, activist, author, international speaker, and theologian, Dr. Michael Brown. Your voice of moral, cultural, and spiritual revolution. Get into the line of fire now by calling 866-34-TRUTH. Here again is Dr. Michael Brown. Thanks, friends, for joining us on the line of fire. So a little less than 30 minutes from now, 4.15 Eastern time, we'll be back on our YouTube station. That's Ask Dr. Brown, ASK Dr. Brown on YouTube for our weekly exclusive YouTube chat where we'll answer as many of your questions as we can just as you post them on YouTube. Uh, Jeff, I, I gave... I gave an example of a couple going in, meeting with a principal and teacher. Teacher said she had asked students to listen to a song, had never actually watched the video of the song, which has this whole intro to it, and apologized and was going to be more careful next time. But as you're saying, many cases can't just be solved by one couple or one individual talking to a principal or a teacher. There's sometimes larger issues, so you try to get parents together, concerned parents together. Uh, let everyone know again about this resource and where they can get it. It's so crucial we get involved because things, uh, Jeff, that, that you and your team were warning about years and years ago that seemed extreme, it's just the norm these days. And the question is, what comes next? So where do folks go to get this resource? Well, I work for The Daily Citizen, and we're the culture and policy arm for Focused on the Family. And we have a website, thedailycitizen.org. And folks can go to that website, do a quick search for back to school for parents, 
and they should be able to find the resource, and it's pretty easy to download. And I don't know if you have a way to post links to Dr. Brown, but I can send you the link as well to make sure you've got it. Oh, yeah, you do it by all means. Go ahead. Let me me just reiterate. It's the dailycitizen.org, and the resource, the free downloadable resource, it's called Back to School for Parents. Great. Yeah, Jeff, we we will post it on social media and help get the word out as widely as possible. Uh, Real quick, are you discouraged in the midst of things, or do you have hope because of the Lord and the fact that, hey, we're in a fallen world, we're always going to have issues? Well, um, to be honest with you, sometimes it feels like I'm on a roller coaster ride. Yeah. Um, You know, with the Equality Act uh, dropping this week, and then, you know, some of the other things going on, in Congress, that is discouraging. Um, my hope is that people will wake up. Uh, my ultimate hope is in the Lord, not yep. in what happens here on earth. Yep. Um, we've been, as you said, we've been warning about this for a lot of years, and the censorship, the banning, um, the shutting down of Christian voices, I think that's all going to increase. Um, and this now more than ever is when we need to call people. Um, I used to just say speak the truth in love it's got to be more than that we've got to speak the truth in love and we've got to do so with wisdom and with courage we have yep. to call people to courage and yep. to courageously confront what yeah hey somehow we just we just lost the audio there for a moment but jeff uh thank you for your faithfulness for your stand and friends if you remember pray for jeff Jeff Johnston and, and, and the team at Focus on the Family that deals with these issues. There's so much bad news to report, so many challenges, so much negativity, and yet they're out there faithfully year after year getting the truth out, and it does make a difference. Uh, these are real issues. Our kids are getting impacted in, in tremendously negative ways. I could spend multiplied hours talking about these things. In fact, tomorrow, God willing, we'll have Matt Staveron from Liberty Council talking about the Equality Act and why it's so urgent that you understand this. So, Jeff, thanks once more. May the Lord's strength and grace be yours. All right. Uh, I was on a call yesterday, and we were having feedback. It was very difficult to hear what was happening, so I had to put the caller on hold and just speak, but I really wanted to interact with him. Now, we never let someone call in two straight days. We, We always want to have a few weeks in between calls to be fair to other callers so they can get through. But I appreciate the fact that Don from Winston-Salem called back to give it another shot because I really wanted to dialogue with you, sir. I, I did not want to monologue. I didn't want to lecture you. I wanted to dialogue with you. So, so Don, thank you for calling back. I, I hope our connection is good today. Well, thank you, Dr. Brown, for, uh, <clears throat> for having me again. Sure thing. So I'll, I'll give the recap, and then I'll turn it over to you, all right? You, were, you would call Donald Trump a vile man, questioned my voting for him and wanted to know if, if I personally believed that the election was stolen. And my answer was that I don't know either way, whether it was stolen or not. I accept the outcome of the courts. I accept Joe Biden as my president. But then I asked you if you had voted for Joe Biden you said yes. So I began to challenge you and say, Hey, I, I had issues with Trump's personality and decisions and things, but there were other things he did that I felt were very good and important. And I'm very concerned with Joe Biden looking the other way with the, the massacre of the Uyghurs, Muslims in, in China, potentially renewing the Iran nuclear accord, which has Israel very upset, his strong pro-abortion policy, pushing the Equality Act, which is going to be a direct assault on religious freedoms. 
the transgender activism in schools and what that's doing to female students and, and on and on. So I have grave concerns with that and, and took issue with you finding fault with me voting for Trump and that you were justifying voting for Biden. So I, I was talking, but it was one way. We never got to hear from you. So please, sir, the floor is yours. Yes, Dr. Brown, because um, one of the things you asked me was, I mean, and it seems like evangelical Christians and, and uh, Christian Zionists always go back to abortion. And you, you, you mentioned, or you said that, or you asked me what, rather, was I okay with, with uh, Joe Biden's stance on, on abortion? And I said that was fine with me or that was okay because in the Bible we're clearly taught that everybody, every man dies for his own sin. So... Joe Biden is responsible for what Joe Biden does, <clears throat> not me. But my, I was trying to, what I wanted to ask you, since you are a, um, and I believe you are a Christian Zionist, is that correct? Because I don't want to label you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't, know, I, want to, I don't know what you mean by it, but I believe that God brought the Jewish people back to the land and that that's their, their right. homeland. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that you're right, and that you support Israel, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I support Israel doing what's right and fair for Palestinians as well. But yeah, I, I support Israel's right to exist as a state in the Middle East. Yep. And, you, and one more thing, because uh, I don't want to—I don't want to put words in your mouth—but you also support then the U.S. government supporting Israel, also, right? Yes, when Israel is doing right. So, number one, absolutely, U.S. government standing with Israel's right to exist, and U.S. government supporting Israel in doing right. Mm-hmm. Right, and, and but but you do know, and, and I don't know if a lot of your audience knows, but abortions are, are safe, legal, and, and uh, safe and legal in Israel, and. By supporting Israel, then aren't you tacitly supporting abortion? Got it. Great question. I love the question. Uh, number one, my friends within Israel are working for pro-life. So that's, that's the first thing. And then the second thing is we try to influence them however we can to be pro-life, mm-hmm. but we still recognize that God brought them back to land. So I'm, I'm recognizing that God brought the Jewish people back to the land. And now in the land, I'm urging them to do the right thing. But I guess my but the point the point I'm trying to make, and, and I don't think you really answered it, is that if you if you accuse them uh, Christians of supporting Democrats, and they are somehow sinning because the Democratic Party supports safe and legal abortions, you do the exact same thing when you support Israel. They have uh, safe and legal abortions, and they also I think they also have uh, uh, homosexuality and, and same-sex marriage, but. You don't apply the same. You don't apply the same standard to Christians supporting Israel as you as you apply to Democrats like like myself and supporting or Christians like myself who support um, the Democrats. It's, it's, it's a double standard, and it's and it's uh, really um, it's almost like you give Christians or evangelical Christians the uh, authority to determine who is who is serving God and who doesn't serve God. And can you see my point? Oh, absolutely. So, so let me tell you where I, where I differ with you. And I, I love having this discussion. And this is the kind of thing we have to do as brothers and sisters in Jesus, right? I mean, we have to sit and talk honestly. Mm-hmm. So the reason I see it differently is because when it comes to Israel, it's either Israel has a homeland or it is destroyed and wiped out. We have endless holocausts until there are no more mm-hmm. Jews on the planet. So we're standing with Israel to exist. Now, within that, we're calling on Israel to, to act righteously because Israel as a nation rejects Jesus and so on. But so my choice, my only choice there is do I stand with Israel's existence or not? And then within that context, 
I'm going to challenge them to do what's right. But in America, I can make a choice between a pro-life candidate or a pro-abortion candidate or a candidate that's going to stand up to China or a candidate that won't or a candidate that's going to defend religious liberties versus a candidate that won't. So that's where I see the difference. And, and bear in mind, if you didn't come after me somewhat aggressively, as you called me an ardent Trump supporter, I got blasted for years mm -hmm. because I supported Trump, but with caveats all the time, uh, always with caveats, always, always with, with challenges. And even wrote a book, Donald Trump is not my savior. All right, so I supported him, voted for him. But to, to say ardent Trump supporter, no, I was cautious because I saw the, the negative things, the destructive things he was doing. And the question was, which balances out the other? But can you see why I don't see it as equivalent? Because you, you, we don't really have a choice. Either Israel exists or it doesn't. But in America, we could make choices. we got a minute left. You, you finish out. You get the last word in. All right, thank you. Uh, well, the, 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 in, the, in the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, uh, when Israel was sinning, they, and, and they fell into idolatry, God kicked them out of the land, and I think that's a true statement. And so we're, there's no, there's no, uh, and God never said support Israel when they were sinning. He, matter of fact, the Creator kicked them out of the land. So, uh, and you just acknowledge that that they have many sinful practices, such as abortions that are safe, free, and legal. So, in supporting Israel, I don't think God supports Israel in doing these things. So. Why, why, why are we adamant that Christians should, should support Israel? All right, so, so tell you what, we're, we're literally out of time, but thank you for calling back. And bear in mind, I don't judge your relationship with God based on who you voted. I hope you don't judge mine. But maybe on Thursday's show, if you're listening in, maybe I'll address Christian support for Israel and, and why I see it as biblical. But thank you for calling back, man. God bless you, brother.